This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Unwinding. Happy, I was going to say Wednesday because today's Wednesday, but happy Thursday because Thursday is when you're listening to this. I hope you guys are doing so, so well. And yeah, I don't really have many updates for you. Also, okay, listen, here's the thing. You tell me if you want updates. Do you want like little life updates in the beginning of these episodes or do you want us to just like get right to it? I'm not going to be offended, but I'm going to stop giving you updates until you tell me what you want because I've been asking you guys, do you want updates? But like, let a bitch know, okay? Um, my only update right now is that I am literally drowning. <laughs> I have a lot of things on my plate right now that I'm so excited about and grateful for, but you know, just feeling a little overwhelmed and I, I really can't think too far in advance right now in my life I don't like to do that you know when people are like oh what are you doing you know next Friday I'm like listen I can I can think about tonight I can think about tonight and that's it and what I'm doing tonight is hmm I will probably go on a nice walk because that's been like my form of exercise lately which is so wild you know like I really used to be such a workout class kind of bitch if you know me but I've just been like, I don't know, man. I really haven't been in the mood to like go into one of these classes and be yelled at, which is usually like something that I actually like love. I don't know what that says about me, but I love that. And I haven't been wanting to do that. I don't know. It's just like, you know what I've realized after not going to workout classes for a sec? And I know I will be back because I love them. But right now, I think it's because I'm so fucking stressed in my life and overwhelmed that the last thing I want is to like go to a super intense workout class where I'm just like yelled at and my cortisol is like through the roof. And then I'm like really fucking hungry because like these classes kick my ass and then I'm just like hungrier. Maybe that's just in my head. I don't know. But yeah, and they just like leave me so exhausted. And I'm just, I'm kind of enjoying this little season with a Z. I'm enjoying this little season of walking. <laughs> Shout out to Emily and Manana because it's because of them that I am who I am right now. You know, like it's because of them that I've, I'm on this like walking train of just walking, you know, in Brickle. And I live in such a beautiful area. I'm so fucking like, I'm so, I feel so lucky to live in Brickle because there's so many beautiful places that you can walk to. I've been going to Brickle Key every night. It's so pretty. Nobody fucking asks for this. But my point here let's take a conclusion out of this okay my conclusion of this is listen to your body i never knew what that meant until right now and my body was like bitch i don't want to be on a spin bike i don't want to be in these boot camp classes where i feel like i'm dying so that's what i've been doing and i honestly i just really look forward to it so i know i'll be back to my classes eventually i do miss them you know i'm starting to miss them but right now i'm still enjoying my walks so that's what i'll be doing tonight i'll be walking probably facetiming five people on my walk um and then I will be 
I might self-tan tonight because I have two... I want to look cute tomorrow. And like self-tanning just always makes me feel cute, you know? And then I have been doing a lot of work at night because there is something really exciting that I'm working on, a new business, and a lot of the contacts that I have for the business and a lot of the like work that I have for the business is with people who I have to speak to at night because of time zones, you know what I mean? So I've, I've my schedules have been just like really wild and weird. So anyway... I was in Costa Rica this weekend because I wanted to go and say hi to my mom and just, um, yeah, go and see how everything was doing at home. And it was really nice to see her. I miss her so much. And I did a Q&A with her and you guys loved it. So that was really fun. I also saved it on my highlights. There's a highlight called Mommy, which is everything about my mom. So if you missed it, go check that because she's literally the fucking cutest. Okay. I was going to not update you and I guess this turned into an update. So that's it for, that's it for me. Um, let's talk about this beautiful episode that I have for you today. We have a friendship coach on the podcast. Okay. I, oh my gosh, I wish I could have had like three hours with Danielle. Okay. We have Danielle Bayard on the Danielle Bayard Jackson, excuse me, on the podcast. She is a friendship coach. She's an author. She is the founder of Friend Forward, which is her friendship coaching business. She also has a podcast called Friend Forward. I've been loving that. She is just, I just love what she's doing. I love her messaging. I love everything about her. Go follow her on Instagram. Listen to her podcast. She just has great fucking energy honestly and so wise and so we talk all about friendships okay friendship breakups how to actually make new friends and it's not the advice that you think it is of like go to a spin class and like hang around and you know stalk people and creep them and then be friends with them no it's not the advice you think it is we talk about so many things and i think you're gonna love this episode so let's get into this episode with Danielle. I want to talk about like the two extremes first. I want to talk about friendship breakups. I want to normalize them for a second and just acknowledge that like friendships ebb and flow. And then I also want to talk about like existing friendships, etc. So let's talk about friendship breakups. Like why do you think they're seen as such a like, I don't want to say taboo thing, but like can we like normalize them? And also, why do you think we might still hang on to certain people that we might not be close to anymore? Yeah, so for specifically speaking here from like the realm of, of female friendship specifically, you know, there's a couple of reasons why it almost seems especially painful, but is so also painful. taboo. Yeah. And so, you know, with romantic relationships, you know, whenever you enter into a romantic relationship, subconsciously, you're entertaining the idea that it might not work because we're looking for most of us, the one. And so Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, he could be the person he might not, I don't know, but you know, there's a possibility whenever you enter into a friendship. I mean, if you think about it, none of us is really thinking this might end. I'll see how it goes. You just, you find a girl, you click and you're like, oh my gosh. And it begins. We don't even think about an ending. So when it does end, we're trying to like, it's like a cognitive dissonance because we're trying to reconcile what we expected with what's really happening. And it takes a minute to wrap our mind around. I I didn't even expect this to be over. You know, um, it's painful for a couple of reasons. One, there's not as much cultural support or reverence for platonic friendship breakups. So I always make the joke, you know, like, let's say, you know, I'm with you and, or I'm with a bunch of girls at the table. We're waiting for you to arrive. And I say, all right, everybody, you know, Lisa's coming. Everybody just, you know, she's going through a romantic breakup right now. So just everybody be sensitive. Everyone would be like, oh, of course. If I said she's going through a friend breakup, 
So everybody be sensitive. They think, what are you talking about? You know, so we don't even take it really seriously or we feel like you should get over it. Um, Friends think they're helping you by saying things like, you know, you don't need her anyway and whatever. Well, good for you, you know, on to the next one. You don't need friends like that. There's not even enough space to grieve it the way that you would a romantic breakup. And so I think there's a couple of reasons why it's, it can be painful um, and why we feel a lack of support or comfort and really leaning into the fact that, um, that it hurts our feelings when it's over. And it's like, I think a big part of losing friends is you know, and I think this also ties into relation, like, like dating also is like, you think that because you've invested so much time into a friendship, a relationship, it's, it's like, you feel like you're almost like indebted to that relationship or friendship. You know, it's like, there's so many friends that I've had, that I had, you know, that I was maybe super close to in middle school, high school, college, let's say. And yeah, they were beautiful friendships and we were close for years, but just because you were close to somebody for a, a certain amount of time, it doesn't mean that maybe in this season of your life, they're still meant to be a part of your life, right? And I think that's like, I don't think people talk about that enough. Like when I lost friends after college for different reasons or just, you know, um, gravitated, just like fell away or whatever, you know, nothing dramatic happened. It's almost like no one talks about that, how that's okay and it's normal. And I think we, we go through different seasons of our lives where it's okay if you're not always friends with the same people, right? Like what would you say to somebody who is maybe... Maybe there's no crazy falling out, but they're just like separating from from certain people and they might feel guilty about that. Yeah, actually, uh, that's actually a common issue in one-on-one coaching sessions. This women who are feeling like they're ready to exit a friendship, but they're held back by the fact that they've invested so much time and there's so much history in this mm-hmm. that they almost feel like they're being disloyal to leave, even though it's no longer fulfilling, satisfying. Now, you know, I'm a big fan of fight for your friendship. So whenever a woman comes to me and is like, I don't know, we're going through it. I'm always coming from, all right, let's figure out the ways we can reconcile. We can bring it together. What are ways we can spice things up? I mean, the same way you would in a romantic relationship, totally. it's not always fun every day. So I'm always from that position. Uh, so if it's one of those things where like, you know, I just, I don't know, I I'm over her or just whatever it is. I'm always curious about what's the real reason. But if you are starting to feel like, you know, there's nothing immediately wrong, um, but you just find yourself feeling, um, disinterested. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find it's hard to maintain conversation because you both have evolved so much. So now it feels like mental labor to have to get together, to have to have this conversation. You find that you're no longer interested in her life updates that hanging out from her feels like it's taking away from other things you could do. Cause you shouldn't feel like that with a friend. So you start to feel like, man, every time I hang out, I could have did that, you know, with somebody else, or I could have been doing this. Those might be signs that, you know, okay, maybe you've outgrown it and it's time to, you know, to move forward. So, you know, leaving friendships or having friendships kind of um, dissipate is normal. Uh, research tells us that we replace half of our friends every seven years. So to some wow. degree, it's to be expected. I always get alarmed by the, the woman who's bragging about how she'll cut people off and end things. Cause that's something in, different entirely. That attitude of I'll exit whenever I want, if it no longer serves me. But if you're like, man, yeah, we were really good friends in the season. I'm so glad I was blessed with her friendship during this time period, but I just, I, I've outgrown it. And I think I need space for, for new community. Totally normal. Right. I think I, I love that we're talking about this and I always just 
I remind myself like outgrowing things, whether that's people, situations, whatever it may be. You're not going to like the same food your whole life. Maybe you do. You're not going to wear the same thing your whole life. Maybe you do. That's fine. But if you don't, that's also okay, right? Um, You touched on something that I wanted to ask you as well, and it's what are a few signs that are not as common that a friendship might no longer be serving you? So I know obviously it's like, you know, if I'm just, if I don't care, hello, that's a big fucking sign. You should probably like not <laughs> engage with that person anymore. But what are a few signs that are maybe a little bit harder to pinpoint? Um, so, okay. So the ones I listed before might be a sign that you've outgrown it, meaning no one was at fault. We're not going to vilify anybody. Like she sucks and you're too good for her. But you know, if you've outgrown a friendship, you do find things like it feels like a lot of mental labor to keep up a conversation. Mm. When you hang out with her, you feel maybe resentful because you could have spent that time with somebody else or doing something else. Um, you find that you all don't have common interest and you are not interested in working to find common interests because sometimes when a friend gets married or she moves or she gets big in her career, we start to feel like, okay, I almost don't even know her anymore. She's got this whole identity and that's okay mm-hmm. because you have a lot of women in two different quote unquote life seasons and they are still the best of friends. So it's really mm-hmm. beautiful when you find somebody and they allow your identity to evolve and you all keep evolving together and you make it work for 20 something years, but not everybody can stretch with you in that way. So if you find that y'all have different interests and then there's no interest in trying to find common ground that might be a sign as well um you know bigger stuff like and those are the less obvious uh i always like to even ask women you know why are you staying in that friendship why why are you here and a lot of times we don't even think about it outwardly like that like bringing it like surfacing it to our consciousness oh why am i here because if you're giving reasons like i mean we've been friends forever that's or, not, that's I mean, not enough sometimes. Yeah. You know, or she's, well, she's just done a lot for me or, you know, well, because she's, you know, she's my only friend or because if I left, you know, she wouldn't really have anybody, you know? So all those things are very noble reasons, you know, oh, you want to be loyal and you want to have her back, but are they reasons to stay? And so if you're kind of on the fence of like, should I end this? Should I not? Ask yourself literally, and at the risk of oversimplifying, ask yourself, why am I choosing to stay? And if it's one of those reasons, it's worth looking into. What are your thoughts on jealousy, competitiveness, maybe more jealousy in a, in a friendship? Do you think that to a certain degree, it's human nature and it's it's natural to feel some sort of something? Or do you feel like any sign of it is a no? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I... I um, it's interesting because whenever I see TikToks and articles and things about women and jealousy, um, I often find myself disagreeing with what I read because a lot of it is like 10 signs she's jealous of you. And they're they're oversimplified or sometimes I'm just like, well, not necessarily. And so first, let me say jealousy itself is a part of the the natural range of emotions in the human condition so the whole like i never get jealous is just not true we all have we do i think it's interesting what happens next when you feel a little uh you know um impulsive oh gosh i wish i had that i wish i was like that how did she get that i wonder what happens next 
Are you verbalizing it? Are you trying to sabotage her? Are you finding yourself feeling a little insecure? Are you trying to justify it with negative thoughts? Um, so the whole like, oh, there's no, there's never jealousy in our friendship. I just, I don't know that I agree with that. Um, but I could see if we only see jealousy as a really bad thing, then of course you're going to be prone to say, oh, I never do that. Cause that's just bad. So we have to, to reframe our idea of what jealousy even is. There's even research that suggests that it's, a, it could be a positive thing. Um, if you use it for motivation, mm. like if you're the kind of person to see like, dang, how did she get to that level? Okay. Let me study what she's doing because I wish I had that too. It could be a positive thing, but not everybody of course channels it in that way. So if you, uh, I always use the example, you know, when I had my um, you know, first child who's three. Now I had a friend who was not married, does not have kids. And she traveled a lot and she has a lot of things I wish I could do. And she came over to see the baby. We were talking and then she was talking about how she was planning to go on a trip. And I remember feeling so like, because I, I couldn't go, we, you know, we're saving money for the baby. I can't go anywhere right now. I have to be home. And it just brought to the surface, you know, the cabin fever I was feeling. And I remember my first response to her was like, Oh, okay, well must be nice. And it was the wrong response. And she didn't, you know, take the bait. And she was just like, yeah, I'm really excited for it. And after a couple of minutes, I said, you know, okay, I'm, I'm tripping. I'm just jealous because I'm stuck in this house and you better give me every detail because I've always wanted to go to Vegas. And so you better bring me every detail, you know? And so I had to fix my attitude, but as far as her walking away and thinking like what a crappy friend she was because it just happens. And so you need to be alarmed with jealousy and friendship. If you find that the person's making sarcastic remarks um, that they feel uncomfortable celebrating with you when you Mm. do say like, Oh my gosh, he, he popped the question. Is she kind of quiet and resigned? Um, whenever you celebrate little things, um, your friend should be able to celebrate successes with you. Um, and so you want to kind of look out for those things. Is she um, criticizing during moments of celebration? So let's say you bring her over to see your new apartment and all she says is like, she points out that the, you know, the, the pain is chipping and, you know, oh gosh, you know, are you changing these um, fans? Or are you going to leave those fans in? Cause they're like kind of like little digs. Yeah. 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 Where you're like, what the heck now? You know, I have, I have had women who say to me, Danielle, you don't understand. Girls are always jealous of me. And I want to say this, if you have an experience where you say, oh, all the women I've ever met are always jealous of me, then I do challenge you to rethink what you think of when you think of jealousy, because if a girl criticizing you is jealousy, or she's not as enthusiastic as you'd like her to be is jealousy. You're going to see jealousy where there is none because you're almost like training your eyes all the time. And if your experience of all your friendships, the narrative is women are jealous. I I just, I just don't believe I, I don't, I don't believe that every woman you've ever encountered the problem is her. It just is not a reasonable narrative. It's not. Um, So we have to think about, Oh, how do I define it? If I do follow into it, does it make me kind of, petty a little bit. Um, if you find yourself in a season of jealousy, you know, take some time to think like, man, why do I get so uncomfortable whenever she mentions, you know, her, her new job. So many of these things are, it's like a you problem, you know, it's like, it's not about the person. And I think something that isn't talked about enough is also like being curious. I always say that to people is just like, be curious about your feelings, right? Like, I think all of our feelings are trying to tell us something, even if they're good or bad. So 
if you are feeling jealous, if you are feeling like, oh, like you see someone with something you want, whatever that want is, and it makes you feel a certain way, that's not a them problem. That's a you problem. So like, like you said, why is that coming up instead of like reacting in a bad way? It's like, okay, well, why is that coming up? Let's explore that. And I, but I do think unfortunately a lot of, in a lot of female friendships, that area of curiosity isn't taken as seriously and instead the reaction might be just like digs and these like little petty comments and things like that and that's just like not fun you don't want people like that like you said we're human we're human it's okay but it's what you do with it also um so I love that you said that what are a few ways and this is where I think friendship it's like dating in a way where it's like you have to keep dating the person it's the same with your friends like you gotta put the effort in you know I know we're all busy especially as we get older and and we don't have the same amount of time that maybe we once did to just hang out and whatever so I would love to hear like what are a few ways that you think we can deepen friendships that we already have yeah so this might sound odd because we don't use this language often to describe friendship but I think like in a a romantic relationship we expect romance like to be romance Mm. like show me something new like get me excited like what's next but like like the same thing for friendship. And so that's why, you know, earlier I was like, okay, well, it can't just be a sign that, oh, I'm bored with my friendship. Maybe it's time to leave. Have you made any effort to pick up the phone or to be like, girl, I haven't seen you in like three months. Like, where are you been? Let's go chat. Um, and so romancing our friends, which sounds, you know, weird, but that's exactly no. what's required. And after we, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, friends uh, changing as you kind of leave college and research tells us that around the age of 24 or 25 is where your uh, friend group tends to shrink so that it grows exponentially throughout your life. And then you hit that milestone and it starts to decrease. Now, this is not to discourage us, but I mean, if you think about the situation, two things are happening. One, you've left an area where you're saturated with your peers. There's always a party. There's always a dorm to go to. There's your, your class is full of people, your age going through the same life experience right now. Um, so it makes sense that it felt easier, but as soon as you leave now, people are starting to prioritize other things. And right now I'm focused on, you know, marriage. I'm focused on growing this, this brand right now, like your focus changes. So friendship goes to the back burner. So if that's the case, it's very unsexy, but the very first thing you have to do for friendships kind of getting stale is you have to put it on the calendar. Now, for some of us, that's literal, but you know, you have to <laughs> say like, okay, no Thursdays are our thing. Like I'm committing to that. She and I check mm-hmm. in with each other on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. It's what we do. And so that's, I mean, that's really the only way because um, time spent together is really important. I know there are some girls who say, um, well, we're so close. We don't have to check in like every week. Like we don't have to check in. I mean, I can't tell you, oh, it needs to be every week, every month. I can't tell you that there needs to be some kind of rhythm and regularity. Um, but recently I surveyed 400 women and I asked them, have you ever felt lonely in your friendship? Have you ever felt lonely despite having friends? 98% of them said yes. And when I ranked the top five reasons that they gave me, the number one reason was we don't spend time together. So here I am saying I have friends, but I feel lonely because we don't spend any time together. And so if that's the case, well, what are we doing to say like, I need to see your face. What are we doing to create routine? So whether that's getting together, whether that's movie nights with your friend virtually. So every Friday we watch something on Netflix. And then afterwards we go on the phone and we're like, oh my God, I hated it. Do we agree? I hated the show, whatever it is. Um, so that that's the first part is making time to see each other. Because if you were dating somebody new and he was only trying to see you once a month, 
<laughs> I mean, come on. We'd be like, there's no way. Absolutely. It's the same thing. Absolutely. And I think I also wanted to hear your take on this where I, I, I think we have different friends for different things. And I don't know if you agree with me on that, but what I mean by that is like, you know, not everyone's going to be your best friend, right? Not everyone's going to be your close friend, your best friend. You have friends, you have closer friends, and you have like your best friends. Maybe you just have whatever. It doesn't matter the qu- the quantity. I'm just saying. And so I think, I, but I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to like, I don't know. I don't know if this is, I don't want to rely on one person for like all my needs. And I don't, I don't think that's a wise thing to do. And I don't think that one person can like, provide for you everything that you need as well everybody has limitations we all do and so I think it's important to to know and especially I think as you get older once you really get to know people more you know like what you can expect from people you know what you can rely on people for I have friends that you know closest friends that I don't go to them for advice because they suck at advice and I'll say that to their face I'll be like I'm feeling like shit but I'm not even going to tell you about it because you give me the worst advice ever I'm very honest you know and they laugh and they're like I know whatever then I have friends that I text all day long. It's like, I'm peeing. What are you doing? Oh, I'm peeing. I'm going to do that all day, right? I don't have many of those because I can't fucking handle that, but there's a few of them. And then there's some that it's like, we'll, we'll FaceTime, you know, once every two weeks. And when we do, it's amazing and we keep in touch. So I think like, I just think it's important. I don't know what my question really here is. I guess I would just like to hear your take on this, but I think it's important to know that like, it's okay to have friends for different things and not everyone's going to fulfill every single thing that you need and I mean if you do have one person that does that that's amazing but I think it's also nice to know like what you what you provide for people and what people provide for you and like show up in a way you know what I mean yeah and it also saves you you know I think that's a very mature way to look at it and some of us have to manage our expectations we get caught up and you have to write okay hold on because if it it's just every you know it's a, a simple exercise but if it was simply reverse and, and somebody told you okay I'm, I expect you to be my person now you, there's instant pressure of like mm-hmm. oh my gosh I don't know I don't know that I can always be available to you always know all the right things to say share all of your interests I, I don't know that I can promise or commit to that yeah mm-hmm. because most of us can't so it's nice to have a community that um, meets a variety of your needs um, it could even help your friendships to have someone from a different life space who can relate. So if you're an entrepreneur and, or you've started a new brand, but your friends work nine to five, instead of trying to, instead of continually being disappointed because they don't get it, they just don't get it. Like they don't ask about my job. They don't understand my job. Okay. Because they, they, they don't have any experience of being friends with you in that terrain. Like they don't, they don't, they don't get it. And so can you still maintain that friendship by simply finding a community of budding entrepreneurs who can talk to you all day about, you know, LLCs and which website, you know, where you should host your website. And that way you can find yourself almost being more satisfied with the other friends because you have an outlet for the other things and you're not holding them to a certain expectation. So having different pockets to to help satisfy your, your multidimensional self is definitely a good thing. Absolutely. I love that. I know you probably get asked this question all, all the time, but I have to ask you and I can talk to the wall. So I find myself making friends with ease and I I thank God for that you know I love that about myself also I'm on social media so that's a great way to meet people I meet people all the time one of my best friends I met online like literally we met in the dms okay and but I get a lot of questions about how do I make friends how do I make friends as you know late 20s into your 30s 
And I know we hear the same things like, oh, go to a fitness studio, go, you know, go to things that you would normally go to. But that's hard. Like, it's like, yeah, they can go spinning, but it's like, what, are they just going to sit around and like look for someone who looks friendly and be like, what's up? Like, it's not always the case, right? So what are some strategies that we can give people to like make more friends or meet someone new? Yeah. So, okay. So I'll give you some because we're, we're actually about to launch a how to make friends course. It's, I get the question so often. I know you were like, I got to make a course on this. No, but it's, it's, I, but I love that we're talking about it because I know it's literally like top of mind for everybody, but we get it so much. I was like, I told my team, I was like, let's just make a freaking course. Like just Mm -hmm. sign up, get it, get everything you need. And um, I'm very, tell it like it is. So, you know, I know, you know, you, your listeners are probably frustrated when you hear advice. That's like, you know, just put yourself out there, you know, just, just be yourself and start talking to some, you're like, what, what does that mean? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. I would be annoyed if someone said that to me. Like, what do you mean? Right, right. So I I know it's something we're we're all going through. And and to your point, I always say, you know, whenever I'm asked the question, it typically comes with some kind of qualifier. How do I make friends as a new graduate? Mm. How do I make friends as a new mom? Oh, I just moved to this new city. How do I make friends when I'm totally new? I hope what that shows to us is that you will always be making new friends. Always. It is not something that like, oh, I should have done it in high school. I missed my chance. I guess I, no, you will always be doing it. If you date somebody new and you guys start to get serious, you need to make friends with his friends and, and figure mm-hmm. it out. Mm-hmm. And so like, we might as well sit down and figure it out because we're <laughs> going to have to do it 35 times. And so, you know, a couple of things, you know, just to give an overview, the first is I do like to say, let's start with who, you know, which sounds like it's not revolutionary, but a lot of us have people in our network, but you dismiss them as a potential friend because she's too young or, oh, she's, she's got a nine to five and I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, she, well, she's more so that person's friend. Like she's not my, and so the very first thing is identify the people in your group who you've already dismissed, who would probably be great friends because you guys already have like a mutual friend, a, a common point. buffer that you share. So just reaching out and extending the conversation more than you normally would, but like two minutes, because what happens is we use the phrase making new friends. We use that phrase synonymously with meeting new people. And the two aren't necessarily the same because making great new point. friends simply means it's an art of cultivating something meaningful with another person mm-hmm. who said you to start that from scratch every time Mm -hmm. there's people who you've overlooked that you could start to be intentional about like, okay, let me, let me reach out. Um, another thing is, you know, I know we, um, uh, another thing is integrating more routine into your day. It's like a subtle flex, but a lot of us don't do it. And so a lot of times I'll say, okay, well, what does your day look like? And it's like, oh, I mean, I mean, I guess like I'm at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I know we hear that all the time. It's like, get out the house, but you know, it can be simple. If it, you have a dog, be. it's walking. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's walking your dog at the same time. I mean, people have dogs and kids. You are in there. Like you are so in, it's not even funny. That's so I've met so many. Kind of- I've met yes. so many men because of my dog. There you go. That's what I mean. Like takes the yeah. pressure off. Yeah. Um, you know, in our, in our program, we literally walk through the four ways to start a conversation literally with anybody without it being awkward. And we talk about how to start it, maintain it, and then end the conversation. So it leaves it open intentionally to turning that person into a friend. That way it's not like, you know, we've all had those conversations where you're like, okay, well, all right, cool. Yeah, cool. Okay. Bye. And then you're at home and you're like, man, she seemed really cool, but because you, you closed it up you should have left it open. So we talk about the, the specifics, but as far as like starting with people, you know, integrating routine. So if you have a dog, you walk the dog at the same time every day, you go to the coffee shop every Friday morning at the same time, but half of it is breeding familiarity. So if I see you every day on my lunch walk, then it makes it easier to be like, 
hey, or to something comment on something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I see your face all the time. So it's not weird. And um, I once heard this saying of, you know, um, nobody wants to wave, but everybody waves back. And so, so it good. feels weird getting it started. But when somebody does, most of us are like, relieved or we're like oh cool you know so that fear of rejection of a person rolling their eyes at you and being like oh my god okay freak like most people are not responding like that they're they're happy that right. you said something first um a couple other ones would be you know i know we're kind of eye rolling at things like um like meetup.com and interest groups, but you know, you should do those things because it starts with, you already have something in common. So that's your buffer for conversation. I know it sounds kind of cheesy to some people, but book clubs are like a secret weapon. If you like to read, because you don't have to figure out, you know, Oh, do, do we have anything in common? You just go in and start talking about the book, whether you loved it or hated it. And then people open up a lot of times at book clubs. Cause you're saying like, yeah, she actually reminded me of, you know, my sister because da da and like it, it, it encourages people to make connections to their own life. So they're in there talking about their own life, having wine, right. talking about the book. And it just happens kind of quickly when you're in a group like that. Um, and then finally, I'll say for those of us who are working from home and feel like we don't have an opportunity, I understand that. So let's say you're in Zoom calls all day with the same team, same company. Your brain is really going into that meeting like, okay, well, hopefully this is a short meeting. When it's over, you're, you're over it. You go back on TikTok for a little bit. But I want you to look for some things during those meetings. You need to be on alert for anytime somebody says something funny, anytime somebody shares a good idea, because what you're going to do afterwards is you're going to email that person or whatever y'all's normal mode of communication is and say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for asking that question today because I was thinking it too, but I don't want to put myself out there. So, so props to you for doing that. That's it. Because all I'm trying to do is show her that I'm open to the idea of entertaining you in a non-work way. So I just want to say that's that is it. And so somebody's got to get it started. And so it's just training your brain to look for opportunities. And then suddenly you'll see them everywhere. I love these tips. I've never heard a bunch of them. When is this course coming out so that I can make sure to share it? Uh, Very soon. We had a day and then we pushed it back because I was like, no, I thought of two more strategies. And so we really wanted to be like jam packed with, you know, the first half of the course we'll talk about, you know, at the risk of sounding like a life coach, we'll talk about mindset. um, Mm. The top seven mindsets I've noticed, the lies you believe that are literally getting in the way of you making friends. So for example, a common one is it's too late for me. Like never too late. That he already has their friend group. It's never, never too, too late. late. But if you think that, you know, think about how that impacts how you go into a friendship. If you're secretly thinking it's not even going to work out, it right. impacts the way you engage. Right. You don't think it could really be anything. So we spend the first half talking about mindsets. Then we go into where to find people, 10 solid strategies. And then we end with talking about how to start and maintain a conversation. And it's one of those things you learn at one time and you're like, oh, you got it for a life. I got this. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I, you know, all this talk about, I'm sure you get this question all the time, right? How do I make friends? How do I do this? Why am I losing all these questions? When do you, when do you approach people and maybe your clients and say like, well, what kind of friend are you? You know, like I get a lot, you know, sometimes I, t- I have conversations with people and they're like, oh, like I just, you know, that this friendship didn't work or this or that. And, and I would never say this, but I also, I think you have to think about what kind of friend are you being, right? Like I know for a fact that when I, you know, I was very close to two friends and I am no longer close to them and it still hurts, it still stings, I still love them, wish them all the best. And I think that's all you can do, right? But 
I know that there were things on my part that contributed to, to that falling out. I am so aware. I was in a season of life that I was just not being the best friend that I could that I could be. And I was not giving those friendships what they needed from me. Therefore, it fell out, right? Obviously, there are more things involved. But like you, I think self-awareness also is like huge, right? It's like we want all these friends and we want all these beautiful relationships. I think a lot of that starts with, okay, well, how is a relationship with yourself, first of all? And what kind of friend are you even being to the people that you have in your life? Yeah, definitely. So one of the first things we do before we talk about, you know, here's how to meet people. Here's how to make friends. Um, just to give an example, I often have women who are like, oh, I'm on um, Bumble BFF and it started out a good experience, but then like nobody follows up or um, I deleted my account because I didn't see this and that. And um, that's very frustrating. But what I'm noticing it's I'm speculating. It's probably because women get on there when you're like, man, I need people to hang out with. And then when you get distracted with something else, then you're like, over it. We're all shopping for people to serve us. I need people Mm. to understand me. I need girls who are fun to me. Um, but it all starts with exactly what you said, like, but timeout, or would you be the ideal friend in whatever season this is? Because if you're looking for people to be available when you need them to be, who understand you at some point, you're setting yourself up. And so secretly, it's kind of my favorite thing when during a coaching session, a woman's like, you know, I've been thinking about it and maybe I wasn't so I'm like, perfect. Because people who have that self-awareness, their transformation, their aha moment is so much bigger than the woman who we're having a session together. And she's trying to convince me of all the ways all her friends have sucked for 20 years. Mm. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe that's totally true. But can we talk at some point about, you know, what you did, didn't do, what their experience of you may have been over 20 years. And so there's a list of 13 qualities, according to psychologists of what makes a good friends. Like you need to have these things individually before you can be good as a unit. And so we go over that in this upcoming course, but I'll tell you now, a couple of them won't surprise you. Like you're trustworthy, you're right. reliable, you're fun. It won't surprise you, but there are a couple that do two of the surprising, uh, five traits. Two of them are, um, one, is self-confidence. And I don't think people realize that like you have to believe that you have something worthy of offering before somebody else would, you know, which sounds basic, but it's going to show up. How Mm -hmm. do I show up for you? If I secretly, I'm like, Oh my God, I, well, I can't believe they're friends with me or I'm not great. I'm not really that smart. I'm not like a product, right? Like if you're coming out with a product and you yourself don't think that is the best shit that's ever come to earth, why would somebody else think that? Right. And so the same way with our friendships. And then another one that I think surprises people of what's, what's on that full list. And again, we go over all of it in the upcoming course, but, um, is a willingness to trust. And so not just being trustworthy, Mm. but people who are trusting. And so sometimes I cringe a little bit when I hear that, that woman who's saying, Oh, I don't know. You just can't trust girls these days. Like people, mm. I don't know. Be careful. You can't trust them. I'm always like, no, because you're so signaling wrong. to us that you're not ready. I mean, think about my experience of you as a friend, if I'm trying to be your friend, but you're just kind of secretly waiting for me to screw you over. That's not a fun experience for me because I probably will let you down at some point unintentionally, but are you going to take that almost as a self-fulfilling prophecy of, see, you I can't trust it. people, right? Yeah. yeah, I knew it. I, and it's like, oh no, that's just a part of my humanity. That's not me screwing you over. I love this list and I would love to read more of it, but I my friendships, the friendships in my life took a whole other level when I started therapy, (laughs) but also when my therapist 
helped me understand that without vulnerability in a connection, it's listen, it's going to be surface level and that's fine. Like I said, there's going, you're going to have those friends I think that are surface level and that's totally fine, right? Not everybody needs to know your deepest, deepest, darkest trauma. That's totally fine. But if you're craving those deep, beautiful friendships that are just like, you know, everything for me, the biggest change that I've seen is being vulnerable and that's scary, right? But it's what you're saying almost. It's like a willingness to be open, a willingness to trust somebody with your secrets, with things that are important to you, with things that are sacred to you. And I think that's where I see a lot of friendships that are just very so fucking surface level. And I'm like, I I wish them more. You know, like I, I, I have these beautiful friendships in my life that are so deep. And I'm like, I wish that for everyone. Because you can't, it's like nothing else, right? Like a, it's, it's so solid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And trusting is definitely a part of that. And that's why I always, you know, I'll say, you know, if, if we are having a coaching session and we're kind of getting deep into talking about that, I always say, you know, I like to stay in my lane because I'm a coach. So, you know, the best I've described it in terms of the difference between a coach and a therapist is a therapist can kind of help you make connections between your past mm-hmm. and where you are now and how mm-hmm. that happened. Mm-hmm. But a coach is like, I can't help you really with your past. Let's talk about where you are right now. Help me understand it. Mm, and where are you trying to be? Okay, here's right. what we're going to do. And so when it does get revealed of like, maybe I have big trust issues because my mom did this and that, you need to go get, take care of that because yep. it is directly impacting how you relate to other women in your 100%. life. You know? 100%. Um, okay, well, my last question for you is, what is something that you've learned about friendship this year? And it doesn't have to be in your coaching experience. It could be, but... I would love if it was something, you know, like something personal that you learned that you maybe didn't know this year or you were reminded of it this year. I love that question. So I have, I have, I have two things. One is going to be a technical thing I learned and then one will be a personal thing. Okay. So one technical thing I learned is I, I read a study this year about um, people, let me say this correctly, people who are more likely to ghost in a friendship. Okay. And people who are not the one thing is people who tend to believe in soulmates or believe in the one, like your, your life is spent finding the one person tend to be ghosters because they feel like there's, you can't really work it out and shape that relationship to be what you want because you either have it or you don't. So mm. if I don't believe that there's a, a way to shape and figure it out, you're, you're just that person or not, then I'm more likely to ghost like I feel like I don't have to explain myself to you I don't have to talk through it because you're just not the right fit and it's just that simple and so I thought that was very interesting so now mm-hmm. I'm kind of I perk up when I hear women you know talk about soulmates and things because I'm just like mm, interesting do you, you know? believe in soulmates um, uh, I don't I used to but now and I don't know if this because people would probably say like well because the world beat you down you know, the older you get <laughs> But I really do believe that it's what you make it. And I think the idea of soulmates can be tricky because if you get with someone and you are having kind of a rough patch, does your brain go to thinking, oh, maybe this person's He's not, not the my one. soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I, I know people have different ideas and definitions. I think it's, so that, like, a, that's, it's like a social construct and it's like, I think it, it adds this unnecessary li- like layer of pressure you know, I think like, why do we have to call it that? Why can't we just like, if you're happy and you think you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life, 
why can't we just like say that? Like, why does it have to be this? Like, it's my twin flame. It's the one. It's the, my soul. Right, it's like, right. fuck. We love to yeah, label things. Also, we love to label things. The idea maybe that you can create one, you know? So maybe you do believe in soulmates, but you believe like, oh, he's my soulmate now. We've been through so much. But the whole like, I don't know if I'll bump into this person around the corner. Mm. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. And there's just one person. Um, I don't know. It's just a very interesting idea. So that's something Agreed. technical I learned in that research of people who had that belief would be more inclined to ghost. I thought it was interesting, but from a personal level, and as we're talking about relationships, I, I, I had an aha moment that friendship is at the root of everything. And so I sometimes have people ask like, well, which one do you think like we need to focus on like a romantic, how do we balance? And I've gone to the place where I'm like, hold on. Actually, I mean, friendship should be at the root of your romantic relationship. So I'm not going to speak on romance too much because that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. However, you know, the person you're dating, I want you to ask yourself, are you interested because they're interested in you and it feels nice to be like flattered or are they like a good friend? They listen, they're trusting, they're confident. If they tell you they're going to do something, they do. Like it's important to them that you can rely on them. Um, they, they show up for you. They try to be supportive. I mean, if those things are happening, then at the root of y'all's relationship, friendship is there mm-hmm. and it's not just romance. Um, they believe in being a good friend to people. And so, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of times all this stuff I'm saying in coaching sessions and things like that, or I learn new research, I'm like, man, that's fascinating. And instantly my brain goes to like, but that's just like generally a good tip for how to have better relations with other people in general. And yeah. Yeah. And my brain is always thinking in the context of friendship, but anything from like conversations or following up or things you can do to make people feel supported is about your friendship. So I'd like to say that my marriage has actually gotten stronger since I got in this work because I read things and I'm like, I do that with my friends. I don't do that with my husband. So as a specific example, I recently read something that said it's research that showed that, um, it might have more of an impact if you celebrate your friend's successes, than if you're there for her when she's down. Now, obviously you need to be there for your friends when they're like feeling like crap, but the way it works is whenever you're with a friend and she's going through a negative experience and you come and you show up for her, that's awesome. And she needs that. But what you're doing is you're reducing her negative feelings, which is helpful. Mm -hmm. But when somebody comes to you with a high, like, and, and they're, they're excited and you amplify that by being like, girl, what? You got that promotion? Oh no. And you're sharing it on social media. You're looking her in the face and saying, I'm really proud of you. Like I admire you for that. When you do that, it just grows so much. And so it's saying that it might have more benefit to be a person who celebrates your friend's successes might have a greater emotional impact. So here I am like the very next day after I read that I went to a restaurant with my husband. He told me something, you know, good. And I could have been bigger about it. I just was like, Oh, okay. That's cool. That's it. And when I, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I would not do that with a friend. And so, so being in this work has actually helped my personal romantic relationships because I'm learning that friendship is at the heart of everything. Oh my gosh, it truly is. I'm sorry. I I have to ask this one one last thing. What do you, what is your take on female and male friendships? I don't have one. I every time I'm asked that, I'm like, I have nothing to say. Really? You don't have anything to say? I have nothing to say because I try to stay. I just am like, I'll just talk about women all day. I I'll just say <laughs> I this ask, like I selfishly because I have three best guy friends. Mm-hmm. I will preface this by saying I've never been physical with any of them. 
and I've had them since I was very, very, very young. I'm 28 now. One of them I became best friends with when we were in fifth grade. The other one, like, daycare, and the other one I met through one of them, and it was, like, in high school, end of high school. So I think, like, I think the timing of me meeting them plays a lot into this. I talk to a lot of people about this, too, where they're, like, I would love, a, like, to have a a guy friend like that like how do you do it they just want to have sex with me like you know and I'm like I think it was right place right time I just wanted to know if you had any thoughts on it yeah I have no thoughts on that I'll say that you know when people ask can men and women be friends I'm like well I'm I'm biased the only reason I'm saying yes is because I have it in my life so if I'm just going by Danielle's limited experience and not research I'm going to say like well, yeah, because yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. However, um, I'm always at the end of the day going to say that I, you know, because I'm leaning into research on this one, I'm always going to say that female friendship is superior. And so I know that there's, women with guy there's friends nothing like, like it. Yeah, there's, there's nothing, nothing like, it. like it. And so guys are great and they definitely can add so much value to our life in terms of their friendship, especially if they're good friends, yes. period, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm always championing uh, female friendship and, and all that. of its all of its emotional, mental, and physical benefits. Do you think differently of someone, of a girl, especially if she doesn't have many friends in her life, like many female friendships? Like, is that a red flag to you? Uh, you know, we recently did an episode on my podcast, the Friend Forward podcast about new friend red flags. And I'll just say that um, women have a very split opinion on that, mm. about how they see the I need to listen woman to that who does one. not have feelings. Yeah. And then you let this me is know. A, this is a, uh, uh, I think it's a juicy topic, right? Like I talk a lot about this with other people where it's like, oh, well, she doesn't really have that many friends. And it's like a red flag almost. But then I'm like, it's so hard. It's so easy to make assumptions. Like you don't know maybe what led her there or anyway whatever I could keep talking about this forever this was amazing you're amazing where can people find you if they want to have a one-on-one session with you if they want to listen to your podcast get your course tell us everything yeah I'd love that you know it's all very simple everything's at betterfemalefriendships.com um and the name of the podcast the name of you know our Instagram account the name of the business is friend forward and so we have workshops events and coaching sessions literally just dedicated to equipping you with everything you need to have better relationships relationships with other women. I love what you're doing. I'm obsessed with the podcast and I can't wait for this course. I will be sure to share it the second it goes live. And thank you so, so, so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is great. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.